good day, good morning, good evening, whatever time of day it is, as you listen to this, my podcast, Soundtracking with Edith Bowman. I was about to say weekly podcast, but sometimes, like this week, you get more than one episode. Which, listen, for us is a gift that we have the opportunity to have so many conversations about film and music. There's so much great stuff around at the minute, both in terms of cinematic, but also stuff that's going on streaming. So over that Christmas period, we are spoilt for choice. And I can't quite believe I am saying this, to be honest, but our latest guest on this bonus episode of Soundtracking are... Sam Eshmael, who's a brilliant director, writer, showrunner. He's the man who created Mr. Robot. And he is joined by actual Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts, ladies and gentlemen. I had the most lovely wee chat with them about music in their new movie, Leave the World Behind, which you can watch right now on Netflix. It's a Uh, how would I describe it? A deeply unsettling psychological thriller tells the story of a family whose holiday on Long Island is interrupted by two mysterious strangers bringing news of an imminent blackout. Leave the World Behind is scored by Mac Quayle and we will begin with his cue, Good Omen. It's so great to chat to you guys about music, about this film, because there's loads in it. Yes. It's really great. And it's kind of from the off. We hear music before we see anything. We've got kind of piano that's got a kind of slight sinister nature to it. So it sets you in a kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like being guided to a table by Maitre D in a way, (laughs) musically. It's wonderful. Makes you edgy before you even know it's happening. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then we have that brilliant shot of you by the window, just that pull in where you kind of like, I fucking hate people. Mm. And then boom, we're in with this, um, with with Joey Badass. Bitch, I'm really, really out for blood this time, look. I just came back for the win. Lot of new money in my hand. Go on, tell a friend to tell a friend. Bitches all over my roster, bitch. I got options. I keep a chopper right on the dresser next to the Oscar. Applying pressure. 
it's such great choices. Do you talk, because producing on this film as well, do you get in that conversation with Sam about music and about... Well, Sam sonically? is such a music head. Yeah. He, I play I mean, it on set. Yeah. yeah. Do you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he, the thing is, you know, typically I think a lot of filmmakers, and I used to do this too, but, you know, they, they wouldn't score anything until after they edit the film and they'd use temp score and then they'd yeah. use that as a guide to the composer. I just talked to my composer before we even started shooting, just like on the script stage, about the tone, and he just started writing pieces of music. Oh, wow. And, um, and so I'd have score while we were shooting. And I remember that shot, that drone shot of the car going around the turnabout yeah. when they were going to the beach. I played a piece of music, and that was the music that ended up in the movie, like on the set. Like it just it helps me get into the vibe of the scene. It's just music. Yeah, he did this so on far. Homecoming as well. Did he? Yeah. And Homecoming is a little different because I I I just I didn't have a composer. I was just taking cues from other soundtracks, and so I was literally just testing it all out while I would I, I would shoot a That's scene. Awesome. But it, I thought it helped. It really helped you guys too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just creates a mood. Rather than it being kind of like someone's playlist, actually being something that's connected to the story. Well, because it also, there's something about, I mean, I think we have really good, clear communication, but there's something about music that just really puts you in a particular space and and also lets me know in a kind of tempo what Sam is looking for. Yeah. Which is just a deeper understanding of of where to, how to excavate what's happening. Well, it's really clever because within the first like 10 minutes of the film, I think there's like four or five different needle drops that kind of are almost like little glimpses of the characters that give us little clues to Mm. their personalities or their state of minds like that great piece where you're going upstairs to kind of look Mm -hmm. around the room at the house and that black street track is it and it's so great you kind of like it's like a kind of little dream sequence but then you drop it into the car so it's like oh it's her choice yeah it's what she's choosing to listen to so it's like okay well and then we get to the parking lot And there's the Muzak version of that song playing on the loudspeaker.
Thing is just a kind of dream, like you kind of said it. It's like a sort of dreamlike state that Amanda is in because she's a, she's you know about to enjoy or Finally, she yeah, thinks she's holiday, about to enjoy yeah. this uh, weekend vacation. And Kevin Bacon's in the parking lot, and then Kevin Bacon <laughs> and ruins the whole thing. <laughs> I love that you mentioned that last night, <laughs> right? But did you see it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in my head. Like doom, it's doom. Ren McCormack. <laughs> it's Ren McCormack all over again. I was like. Ah. <laughs> it's so great. And then, um, I mean, I love the film and it's, I don't want to talk too much specifically about things because we will put a spoiler at the beginning of this, but I won't pe- not spoil things for people. Sure. But there's a brilliant scene with you and Maharshal Ali where you're in his vinyl room and God, that sounds really different <laughs> and just this kind of this fantastic collection of vinyl that's there and it's like yeah. oh this is going to be good and it's kind of really it's, I mean that build up to that scene is fantastic anyway but what were the conversations around what that piece of music would be and what was the reality of that oh here we go yeah. <laughs> did wow. you get involved in the conversation oh, oh yeah. yes oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> God this is this was <laughs> this is this is the one topic where Sam is my boss. No matter what, I, I we I just was like anything, anything. Having to listen to the beginning of that song <laughs> in front of Mahershala Ali over and over again was so embarrassing. Was so you couldn't stop laughing. Oh my god! I yeah. couldn't. It was so. It was. It made me so uncomfortable. Even thinking about it now, I'm just like, and the fact that it might become popular again, and then yeah. then we have to listen to it more. Thanks, Sam. And no offense to the talented musicians. I said, please pick a different song. But we tried. Song. We didn't we do it? Didn't How we? hard did we really try? <laughs> I feel like we. Let's we, think back. We. I feel like we threw out a few different titles, and we were. It was clear that that was the best one. I wonder if she could tell I'm hard right now. Hmm. Yeah. Come on. Dance for me, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. You feel that? All right. Come on. Don't stop now. You done did it. Come on. Uh, yeah. All right. 
You know, a couple of reasons. Yeah. First, I think it needed to it needed to feel silly without being too familiar and too poppy. Mm-hmm. And that song for me was popular enough, but not something that I think was top of mind for people. And it wasn't mm-hmm. something that was overused in movies or, or television shows because I really wanted it to be like their unique experience. And and it needed to kind of disarm you both in a way see he's frustratingly correct like the problem the problem hmm, the thing with sam is that whenever you ask him a question his answer always is so illuminating that even when you want a different answer it's like okay um yeah, well, that um, makes a lot of sense when you say that, but it still <laughs> makes you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but you play, I imagine that was, you had to play it on set and stuff because, you know, yeah. sometimes it's not, the music's not played whilst the scene's been shot for no, you know, we sound. played it. Oh, on set. we played it and we played it <laughs> yeah. and we played it. Oh, yeah. I love the dance. <laughs> I love the warm up to this sort of separate dance and towards yeah. the point that you go, oh, it's great. It's yeah. so good. To me, the part where she takes off the sweater yeah. and kind of and just recollects herself. Yeah. I love that part. I love that each of you decided, okay, I'm going to seriously go for this dancing right now. Well, you can almost see the barriers falling off on the same yeah. way the yeah. jumper is in exactly. a way, you know, yeah. it's kind of like, yeah. and that's what music can do as well. Yeah. It music can compl- and a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> that's another story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But with um, working with Max, you know, you've worked with Max, who composer yeah. quite, quite a few times. How did you guys, do you mind me asking how you guys first met and what... We first met on the first season of Mr. Robot. He, um, I was a huge fan of Cliff Martinez, another composer. And, um, and, you know, I was temping a lot on the pilot with a lot of Cliff, Cliff's tracks. And then, uh, I had a friend who was working on one of Ryan Murphy's shows, uh, American Horror Story. And I loved the music and then I found out. Mac was the composer, but not only that, he had worked under Cliff Martinez. Amazing. So I approached him immediately and, uh, and yeah, we kind of like hit it off right off the bat. And do you just send him a script? Do you send him, do you give him, do you just kind of give him that to kind of as a I give him a script and I give him a long playlist. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, music is incredibly important to me. I, I, I start writing, when I start writing anything, yeah. I, I start a playlist at the same time. 
because I'm listening to music while I'm writing. It's like kind of a, a an injection of tone. To yeah. Me. Like it just like immediately starts to put me in a mood or a vibe. And that's what that's what I think is really important when you're trying to tell a story is what is what is the vibe of this? Mm. How does it feel? Yeah. Because you can it's not the story. It's the how how you tell it. And I think music goes a long way in helping you decide what that is. With the feel of this movie, then what was on that playlist? Because yeah, it was scared a- the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of weird French orchestral stuff that I had I'd never heard of before, and I was trying to avoid listening to other soundtracks, like yeah. other you know scores from yeah. other movies. I I wanted to kind of find more uh, unique standalone pieces, and I just started going down this rabbit hole of just these kind of experimental French orchestral music. I can't remember the names now, but I sent it to Mac and I remember Mac just responded on text or something. Well, this is a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, great. And I'm like, do that, do a little weird. And we're sort of off to the races there. There's lovely ways that themes come in and out throughout the film and stuff, but that use of kind of piano and sort of stabbing strings, it's got a real kind of like almost... Hitchcockian kind of vibe to it at times Absolutely. as well in terms of the yeah Bernard Herman was I think there's a lot of, some pieces from him on there Michael Small you know he he did a lot of the um paranoid thrillers like Parallax View and Clued yeah. and all the presence men that was in there as well I, I I would say because I've worked with Max so much he sort of already knew that's where I was headed and that you know that I kind of considered this in the family of paranoid Hitchcockian thriller. But I didn't want it to, because there's a lot of music that's derivative of all of that, too. So I really wanted to find a way to kind of go in more experimental, like those French cues that I discovered. And the choice of the last piece of music that you use, <laughs> it's almost a bit slight relief in a way at yeah. the end because it is so familiar yeah. and it's so comforting and kind yeah. of like you kind of allow yourself to have a little giggle in yeah. a way. Genius, genius choice. Was Thank that you. always the case? Was there music written in the book? Was there? Did, no, did Ruman have no, any musical no. references in the book at all? I don't believe so. No. I mean, none that, that was in the movie. Yeah. But yeah, I remember... After reading or writing the script and getting to the end, I needed, you know, it was such a sort of bleak journey. Yeah. Um, I just, and again, like I said, music is just sort of like 
an adrenaline shot of tone. And I just knew that if we ended with that cue, you can't help but smile. I mean, it's just a song that makes you, yeah. you know. You do you, the claps, you do all that. Yeah, you know, exactly. All of it, yeah. No, well, that was the first thing I said when I called Sam when I read it. I was like, the end. Oh, my God, the end. It's so great. Yeah. It's yeah. Even though you, you could have just had that ding, 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 yeah, ding exactly. and that would have been enough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But the fact that it's, it's so, it's a great, great choice. It's yeah. brilliant. Job's a joke, you broke, your love lives to your way. It's like you're always stuck in second gear. When it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year. But I'll be there for you. When the rain starts to I'll be there for you. I'll be there for you. Cause you're there for me too. For, for characters at all, Julia, you know, when you're thinking about... You know, I mean, I usually have one song that somehow I attach the person to and listen to it almost, it almost becomes like a mantra that just <laughs> is the thing that I listen to over and over and over again. Was there specific for this one then? I'm assuming it wasn't next too close. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was. Maybe yeah, it was maybe you double yeah. bluffing it. Um, yeah. Gosh, what was it for Amanda? I'd have to, I'd have to think. This was a little bit ago. I don't remember you telling me. I don't remember telling you either. Yeah, but it's great because this is—is is this the the hat trick of productions you've it is worked our hat on? Trick. This is it. In, in terms of that, so is there a kind of, I don't know. There's a, is, is there an unspoken kind of language between you guys? Yeah, now in terms of Sam, so. hire me for all the, <laughs> all the jobs you have, and I'll be ready. <laughs> That's my unspoken language. <laughs> I love that. I just love that Sam, it's like t- just listening to you talk about the music and Sam creates a, a universe that that you inhabit with all these stories. Mm. I mean, Homecoming, it was the same way where it was like planet homecoming. Like it's just all there for the taking yeah. and, you know, everything just the way you open a door, the way, like just everything. And so I love that. And his mind works fortunately compatibly with my mind, but in such a very different, unique way that is just so him. And it just inspires me greatly. And I get so excited whenever we're together. And there's just like a level of trust too at yeah. this point between us. I yeah. think we, we, you know, there is like a secondhand nature to the way we can talk, but I think that came from the fact that we can just trust each With, other. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and know that like 
we're we're watching out for each other and we're trying to get the best out of each other. When I was thinking about coming to chat with you today as well, the first thing that kind of rang through in my head was like all the iconic roles that you've played, that there is, you know, you talk about having a tune, a piece of music for you to get into that character. For us as fans, there's there's so many pieces of music that are attached to so many of the characters mm-hmm. you played from the outside as well, which is kind of such a lovely thing. I was interested to whether... You know, with Sam, you're obviously really involved in the music that's been part of it. But has that always been the case in terms of you've known the music? Because there's been some lovely moments within, like I was thinking about the Van Morrison track, you know, Mm. and and things like that, where they're, you know, they are within the scene and stuff and things like that. And whether you have, I don't know, moments of kind of attachment with those pieces of music still. Hey, where did we go? Days when the rains came. Playing a new game Laughing and running Hey, hey Skipping and jumping In the misty morning fog With all our hearts are thumping And you, my brown-eyed girl And you, my brown-eyed girl Well, it's not always what's in the movie, right? So yeah. it is nice sometimes when, like, the Van Morrison, that was what we performed to. Yeah. Um, and I have lucked out with, like, these really incredible pieces of music getting attached to me. Yeah. Which I have no business laying claim to the song Pretty Woman, but <laughs> I get to but now. Kiss, <laughs> but Kiss, whenever I hear that, I think, you know, it's, but, it's, but you do you. We all, whenever we hear that song, we do you doing... Kiss by Prince. <laughs> when I couldn't sleep of- last night, Raspberry Beret. <laughs> wow. Get it out of my head. I was like, I love it, but you gotta stop. <laughs> you gotta stop. I couldn't get it out of my head. But it's 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 lovely for us that there's you have a they're almost kind of like a musical moment that are connected to those characters. Mm. But it is interesting as well, I think, for people to understand that it's not always the case that that piece of music was played whilst yeah, you were doing it, it as well. Always the case. Yeah. But when you're singing a dance to it, it clearly is. Yeah. <laughs> well, in my best friend's wedding, though, that though, like obviously it's being sung in like Dermot singing, on the boat. Yeah, yeah, singing the Frank Sinatra song, uh, or or in the restaurant when Robert yes. uh, Everett does the what's that song? The that, um, moment I wake up. The moment I wake yeah. up. Yeah. In a slightly singy speak way. It's yeah. Right, yeah. And then in Stepmom as well, we ain't no mountain high enough as well. That's oh, kind of, right. oh my in the God. Car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so many, you wow, see? So many. I've got a list for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just going back to Matt's quickly, because I wanted to, before we run out of time, the, the amount of music that's required for, for a film is very different to for a series. You know, and you guys working together on Mr. Robot, I mean, so many episodes to that. And in terms of, as a composer, it's a luxury to have the opportunity to create for a character and a story narrative over so much of a time. Do you like that side of things that that's the kind of how much there is an opportunity to dive into music? For yeah. Them? I mean, we had a lot more time on this, a lot less music to, to create. And what that did afford us was we got to actually record a live orchestra. You know, we couldn't really do that in TVs yeah. to have the time uh, nor the money. So it was great to hear the sort of, you know, because we would do the first draft in, the, in like, you know, the digital yeah. version and then to then see a live orchestra kind of bring this whole other wow. dimension to it. Cause it doesn't, it, it's all the same notes, but yeah. it feels so different. Absolutely. It feels, it feels not much more band. alive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. And I would say that that for me was like, it's like a kid in a candy uh, just shop. Your face, just the oh, way yeah. you, it's amazing. Yeah. 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 Where did you record? We recorded somewhere in Burbank. I don't okay. remember, but it, I showed up. And I remember it was just a ton. It's like a, I don't know, maybe a hundred. It's your orchestra. I know. And I don't think anybody knew who I was. Like I was trying to get in and they were, you know, and they were. Excuse me, sir, you have a pass. You have an instrument. Yeah. They didn't see a, I wasn't carrying a violin. So they were like, who is this guy? And, um, but I loved that. I loved just being a fly on the wall. I just got to sit in the room next to, there was a conductor. I mean, the whole thing. It was one of my favorite parts of making the movie that day. Do you know that Dermot Mulroney is well he's a great he plays a lot of different instruments but he's a fantastic cellist and he plays in an orchestra for movie soundtracks no i had no idea yeah he should have been on our side i know you should have told me this Mm -hmm. wow that's amazing yeah Yeah. do you play do either of you play instruments zero i play the i'm taking piano are you You could look, Good, a little look dub, double act, little know. jazz double act up there. <laughs> a little jazz come, I'd watch that for sure. Um, listen, congratulations on this Thank film. You. It's just felt so um, immersive as well, the whole experience. And, you know, that's down to all these brilliant collaborators as well in it as well. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. score to leave the world behind that's the flood rounding off this latest episode of soundtracking with sam ishmael and yes actual julia roberts still pinching myself genuinely pinching myself huge thanks to sam and julia for taking the time to talk to us and also the team at white bear pr for facilitating the interview and providing us with the score Uh, you can watch leave the world behind right now on netflix Uh, it's really enjoyable it's really clever it's really scary. Do check out our back catalogue of 400 odd interviews at edithbowman.com and please follow us on socials. We are at Soundtracking UK. We also have a YouTube channel where I pop up interviews that are featured on the podcast and we also have some exclusives. So be sure to subscribe to that too. Next up, we celebrate Wonka. It is out in cinemas as of now. Go and see it. It will enrich your lives. It is a beautiful gift to the world. And if you're a fan of the Paddington films, it's in that kind of vein of joyous emotion, basically. And I'm so thrilled that we are joined by Paul King, Neil Hannon. So Paul is the writer-director. Neil Hannon, you will know from The Divine Comedy. He is the lyricist and musician on the film. And we're also joined by Joby Talbot, who's the composer, who we've talked about on this podcast numerous times with Garth Jennings because he's behind the Sing movies and the other films that Garth has worked on. So 
Talking Wonka with Paul King, Neil Hannan and Joby Talbot. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. Oompa, loompa, loompa, dee, dee.